I think it worked because it, it gave my muscles a chance to uh, relax a little bit between increases in flexion as opposed mm-hmm. to obviously what an MUA is doing it all at once. I mean, it really, as Trisha says, it really worked like a slow motion MUA and uh, just broke through the, uh, uh, the scar tissue pretty effectively. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, this is PJ Ewing, host of The Bee's Knees podcast. We're in a series of great interviews this spring of 2019 with various people who have found the X10 machine and have recovered brilliantly, I'll say. Uh, Today is no exception. It's Pete Gasper from Texas, from Austin, Texas, who used the X10 just for the right amount of time at the right time in his recovery to solve a recovery problem and get back to his beloved um, hiking. He's a world traveler and loves to hike in all kinds of exotic places, as you'll hear in this interview. Pete takes us through what went wrong with his initial recovery, uh, but he also goes through a nice description of his search for great surgeons across the United States, how he ended up selecting his own surgeon, and then he goes into sort of what uh, he needed to do to get his recovery on track. It's a great conversation, so uh, without much more from me, let's listen to my conversation with Pete Gasper about knee surgery and recovery. Pete, where are you right now? I'm in Austin, Texas. I've, I've lived here for now... Uh, over 30, 35 years, actually. Wow. So I'm a born-again born again Texan, originally from upstate New York. I went to school in uh, Poughkeepsie in New York State, worked as a partner in an architecture and interior design firm for over 30 years, about 35 years here in Austin, and recently retired. My wife and I like to travel a lot. That's one of the reasons we're the firm is technically still open, but we're not working. We enjoy traveling a lot, and we like to hike, uh, especially uh, in places from you know uh, Machu Picchu to uh, the lower Himalayas. You know, we sort of like hiking, and that's that's uh, what brought me to uh, knee surgery and knee problems. Do you think it was over? use in the end, just so much activity over a period of time that wore your knees down? Well, actually, about 25 years ago, I was uh, in Austin here. I was involved with a uh, a local association and putting up an exhibit in the Capitol, and I was running down a ladder instead of uh, walking down the ladder, and I fell and messed up my knee and I ended up having a, an ACL uh, anterior cruciate ligament replaced. And apparently, I didn't know it at the time, that sort of predisposed, predisposed me to having knee problems down the road or having a knee replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then, uh, you know, I went through a, probably a year-long recovery when I had that 25 years ago. Technology has changed a lot, and uh, even though I know it was horrific, I don't remember it as much as I as I do this most recent recovery, which has been a lot shorter. 
Uh, I, over the years, I wore all kinds of knee braces. I got steroid shots, ended up with, uh, uh, I guess it's uh, hyaluronic acid, another mm -hmm. kind of a shot. Sure. And considered some other things. Uh, but uh, uh, basically, I was just about bone on bone, and my doctor said last year uh, that I had about a year left uh, before I should get my knee replaced simply because my ligaments wouldn't work with a new new knee if I uh, waited too long. So I knew I had to get it done within a year. And uh, actually, my wife and I had already made uh, reservations with some friends. We're going to Patagonia in November. So I had to had this window that I could have the knee surgery and recover in. So that sort of decided, made the decision as to when I was going to have this thing done. Did you, um, in that period of time where you're doing the injections, I guess it was probably cortisone was one of the injections along cortisone, the way? Cortisone, yeah. And then Basically, hyaluronic acid? Steroid shots. Right. And I have, right. I have to say that uh, at the time, I really wasn't aware of it, but I've been, since I've been made aware of the fact that uh, uh, steroid injections over time can actually destroy the tissue in cells and break down mm -hmm. the cartilage. Yeah. So I wish I had known that at the time, whereas I've, I've now taken for, uh, uh, in conjunction with what was happening with my knee, I had some other problems going on and I took a uh, what's called a medrol dose pack of steroids mm. and apparently that's a lot safer way to do it because it's not injected into uh, the joint into the uh, into the knee it doesn't have the negative problems did you um, uh, consider platelet rich plasma or uh, actual stem cell treatments I looked into that, and there's actually a, a, a place in Austin, in the Austin area, that has stem cells. And from what I was able to determine uh, doing some research is that it really, stem cells sound, sound like a, a crapshoot. You know, uh, you have a 50-50 chance of it working. It works in some cases. Uh, but it's more anecdotal evidence than any kind of research that shows that it does anything. I think it may be great down the road, but uh, again, if if you want to try it, I would say that's I, I probably could have tried it, but I just didn't think that was for me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, from a non-medical perspective, I'm talking with patients throughout the day, throughout the week, online, live. So I feel like I've got a, my hand on the pulse a little bit of what's going on. And uh -huh. I've learned that, you know, 50-50 may be even generous. I, I think that some people just can't say enough good things about stem cells or even yeah. uh, PRP. But most people say it just didn't work for me. And it's usually an out-of-pocket expense. And it can be expensive. So I think you're right. It is still in the future as much as surgeons want to say that they've got the answer and the other guys don't, yeah. you know, so they've got the magic. But uh, I, I look at that with great suspicion. And we've had a lot of 
lot of speakers at various events that we've hosted who are talking about stem cells. And it sounds great, but I just don't see enough people saying good things about it. Well, if you have the cash to spare, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, you might try it, but it's not, uh, I don't think it's something that's, that's covered typically by insurance or no. Medicare. No. You know. So you found yourself having gone through your list of, of measures and it came down to having surgery. Is there much to say about finding the surgeon and, and sort of getting, getting ready to go? Was that a, a long process? You seem to be the kind of person that does your homework, I would guess. Yeah, I really did a lot of research, and I had I determined that there's there about uh, in Austin, and actually my surgeon that I had been seeing for years was, uh, in, in that respect, he was wonderful. He was very open to helping me on my research and very happy to encourage me to get a second opinion. Uh, I don't know that most surgeons were like that, but through him and some other people, I found out who's doing what in in the country. And uh, uh, essentially, I had considered going to uh, New York City to the hospital for special surgery because they had a a great reputation. Stephen Haas there is one of the people in the U.S. that has done a lot of uh, uh, innovative things with knee surgery. But I also found out about a person in L.A. and a person, um, where was the other person? I've forgotten, in Chicago. Dr. And, Berger. Yeah. I'm gonna and as it turn, <laughs> turns out, there was one uh, surgeon in San Antonio who uh, really does some innovative things that I wanted to see but as it turns out, uh, she doesn't uh, take Medicare. And uh, mm-hmm. I was planning to use, use, you know, take advantage of that. And sure. as, it, as it turns out, my doctor that I ended up with, uh, he actually stuttered, studied under the same guy in Chicago that she studied under. I and see. so I felt like, uh, you know, they were initially trained along those lines to be uh, less invasive and and I did end up going and talking to uh, somebody else in Austin there was one really popular who's sort of the the hot knee surgeon in Austin right now and I I won't get into naming him simply because he seems to have a very large ego and he doesn't he doesn't do second opinions So uh, that sort of turned me off of talking to him. I did talk to somebody else in his office that actually trained under Stephen Haas that I found through a friend. And uh, I ended up uh, going with, uh, you know, my local surgeon that I really uh, felt did a great job. We've had a few Dr. Haas patients actually in the New York area and a bunch of other HSS surgeons. And they are quite, it's quite a place. Have you been in there before? In that? No, I haven't awesome. been there before. Yeah. But I've read a lot Pretty about impressive. it. Yeah, they're really groundbreaking. You know, from the very beginning, uh, with some of the the beginnings of hip and knee replacements, they were they were right in there with the Mayo Clinic. Um, so it's an impressive outfit. Um, okay, so you picked your surgeon, and um, 
you picked the date. What, what was the date of the original surgery? February 27th. Okay. So there you go, 227. Were you in the hospital for long? I was just in the hospital two nights. Okay. And uh, I had to, I've forgotten now why I, I needed to stay in uh, a second night uh, uh, for some specific reason. I could have gone home first day, but he wanted me to stay in the second night, so I did that. Okay. And I went home and immediately had some uh, home therapy, uh, home physical therapy uh, that was that was helpful, you know, at that point. And then I progressed and, from, okay. from the home therapy to uh, going out to uh, see a physical therapist at a local uh, clinic. So... It's a traditional trajectory. Usually it's a couple of weeks of, of home care. Is that what you had? Yeah, I had two weeks of home care. Okay. And then the clinic. Well, let me, before we get to the clinic, what was the home care like? Was it, because so, sometimes home care therapists are, I see sometimes just making sure things aren't going the wrong way, but there isn't a, a lot of active work. Were, were you really working during those first two weeks? Yeah, I was actually working uh, with the person that I uh, uh, saw. I mean, he was really great. And he, uh, hmm. I felt like I actually felt like he uh, he pushed me a lot more than the uh, other physical therapists huh. that I went to see afterwards. And that, I mean, that could have had something to do with uh, my regression. I guess is that uh, uh, the physical therapy clinic that I went to, uh, I actually. And I had researched this, too, and I specifically went to this clinic because uh, they did uh, they would do a half an hour with a physical therapist uh, on land, if you will, and then in half an hour in a in a pool. Hmm. And I really liked the concept of physical therapy in a pool because of the the resistance and and the amount of work you can do with your, you know, uh, offsetting your body weight. But mm -hmm. in both cases, I felt like the people, looking back on it, I felt like the people really didn't push me, um, you know. And uh, I also, I'm I'm the type of person that really needs, uh, you know, I'm very image oriented, and I I need pictures to show me what to do, uh, and they weren't necessarily very forthcoming with that. I. I did get them to take some videos with my phone and stuff like that. So I probably wasn't doing as much as I could have done at home. But what ultimately happened, uh, I think uh, at six weeks, uh, my my flexion was 95, which isn't that bad. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, at six, six weeks, my, my flexion was 110. Ah. But at seven weeks, I went back to 95, and that was my first sort of reversal, which was unexpected. And then the following weekend, I was at home sleeping on uh, Saturday night at uh, 5 a.m. in the morning, and my knee popped, and I was in really immense pain. And uh, the pain, I, of course, couldn't reach my doctor at that time. Uh, I talked to another doctor, and basically I ended up having to wait until Tuesday to see my doctor. 
and my knee got a little bit better, but uh, by the time I saw my doctor, I still couldn't bend it very much. And at that point is when I went to see him and he told me that uh, uh, he really felt like I needed to do a, uh, an MUA manipulation under anesthesia and I needed to try to do it as soon as I could. Uh, did you diagnose this? Did anyone sort out what happened um, with that pop? I mean, that's, that's kind of an odd thing to happen if you're just sleeping. Well, I've had, you know, I think the doctor felt like uh, what happened is it, it was uh, scar tissue that popped, mm -hmm. uh, whereas uh, another physical therapist I've been dealing with recently had another explanation for it, which uh, uh, I can't get into it technically, but it sounds more logical. But uh, I had also had another negative experience with the... Uh, uh, the CPM machine, where I alluded to it earlier, I fell asleep, and I, I fell asleep, and uh, I think I, uh, my body, uh, I got sort of catawampus, and you know, I bent my neck when I was moving around, because when you hooked up to the CPM machine, you sort of can't move, and I think I bent my neck, and I, I felt another shock of pain. And this was actually after uh, the uh, experience that I just mentioned. So it really sort of scared me to death, and I was about ready to take the, if I could have done it, to take the uh, CPM machine and throw it out the window. But <laughs> I didn't want to use it anymore. You know, I, I've been there so often with so many. I, we, we see them on the front steps in the garage that, you know, um, how long did you use the CPM, though? I must have used it. Well, I used it initially in the hospital, and mm -hmm. I have to say that uh, I made the conscious choice to use it. My doctor initially told me that research showed that uh, using the CPM machine versus just going through the standard physical therapy really didn't do that much in the long run. But right. again, I had researched it and I felt like uh, it couldn't hurt at that point. I felt like it, it couldn't hurt. Why not try it? It was covered under insurance, so I'd go ahead and use it. So I got it in the hospital and uh, I took it home and I probably used it for, um, I used it for literally for weeks, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, uh, to get up my numbers, to push my rotation and such. It doesn't have the capabilities that the X10 has, and you're sort of literally locked into the uh, position, and it's, it's pretty uncomfortable, but I felt like uh, it was something that I, I needed to do uh, until sure. I had the negative experiences with it. Sure. So you've gone back week six 110 week 795 the surgeon saying well shoot if we're really at 95 uh, that is MUA territory in terms of needing to go under and have them bend it for you and sort of it's not quite start over again but it's it is certainly a you know a moment in time where you're you're going to be 
you know, swollen again, uh, the scar tissue is gone, uh, broken, and now you get to get recovery uh, in gear again. And you, you being in the analytical person you are, you decided to see if there's an alternative to that. Was that really what happened? Yeah, I really, I really felt that I was going to have to start over again. And I, I, the first week after uh, my surgery, the first week was really hell for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't recommend this for anybody, but it's, it was really extremely hard that first week. And also I had, you know, I had gotten to the point where I had uh, weaned myself off of uh, pain pills, the opiates. So I really didn't want to have to go back and, and start doing that again. Mm-hmm. And I, I was doing research about the MUA and, and uh, kept on seeing this uh, X10 come up. So I, I went to the website and there's a lot of links to testimonials and information about it. And uh, I felt like, uh, what the heck, I should try this. I mean, it's sort I'm of a last, last ditch effort. And I called my doctor and I, I got him to, uh, I told him I wanted to put off the MUA for a week. So I literally, I gave myself an extra week to try to see if this would fix the problem. You were certainly within kind of a tolerable window as well. I, I know the surgeon was recommending it, but from my understanding and you know, hearing from a lot of people, you have a few more weeks before it really is. You, you have to go through the MUA, or you. Well, you know. all the all the research uh, that I've read, that I saw, all the studies tend to sort of set 12 weeks as the yeah. uh, as the deadline to uh, having a poor recovery versus a good recovery from an MUA. Yeah. And yeah. He said yeah. that he would prefer to. Uh, not go longer than ten weeks. Okay. So I was, I was had a brief window that I could try it out and see if it, if it did any good. And so you talked to us and we I, find I, I, a machine I, I for you. you. Yeah. Right. Right. And it, I don't think it took too long to get a machine to you. I don't believe. Um, no, it was pretty quick. I mean, yeah. I'm fortunate that there was a, a one available in. Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're so thin in Texas, but I was really glad to to see that. And um so, you know, how did it go? What happened on the X10? What was what was that experience like? Uh it was a, it was a really positive experience. I have to say that uh, uh I mean, overall it was a very easy to machine to work with, a lot easier than the CPM machine. And uh, the only thing I have to say that uh, uh, you're very well aware of is there were some technical difficulties with the machine. It was right. We had a we had an issue with the extension. You had to adjust the pressure a little bit more than we would yeah, normally we have. A, but the the good thing is, is there was a, a tech person, Dave, who was readily available to uh, figure out a workaround, and mm-hmm. so uh, worked around it, and I was able to to use the machine, and and uh, of course uh, uh, I had a, a great coach, Tricia, who was really 
helpful and encouraging and and uh, I was able to set some goals and you know, uh, set a goal of trying to increase uh, my flexion by one degree every session uh, or at least get uh, a couple of degrees every day and I started doing that and and it was working you know I really found it hard to believe but it was working it was a lot of work I was doing it three times a day and I felt like I was uh, running a marathon at, at points did you I, uh, how long were your sessions were they 35 40 45 minutes what did, what did you do well initially they started out at 30 but I found I needed to do 45 uh, just to spread out the amount of time that I would give my muscles uh, a chance to recover from the pressure they were feeling. And so I went to 45, and I actually ended up at the end going to the going to an hour. Uh, hmm. there, there was actually one session which I never did tell Tricia about. That <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm the kind of person who, uh, who tends to uh, maybe overdo things sometimes. But I, I went an hour and a half uh, on one session. That's long. That's a long session. Yeah, I was I was really wiped out afterwards. Uh, I realized after I did that that I don't want to be doing this. You know, it just it's mm-hmm. too exhausting. It really felt like, uh, um, like I said, like I, I've never actually run a marathon, but I've I've run, you know, ten thousand meters and stuff. So uh, it, it felt like that. You know. Uh, but like I said, uh, Trisha was really helpful and and helped me set some realistic expectations. Encouraged me to drink a lot more water. And uh, uh, there was a, a couple of plateaus that I reached that she gave me some options to do some things a little bit differently with the machine uh, to use. Uh, specifically, I was using. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what she called it, but basically it was a. Uh, I was. Was it, was, was it called active active assist act, by any chance? Yeah, active assist. I was I was using my muscles to hold back the uh, the increased pressure, and I actually varied that a little bit to where I would hold it for a certain amount of seconds, or I would hold it until the end of the of that particular cycle, and it worked. Uh, and I was able to, I was able to get up to, actually uh, 124 at the end, uh, wow. in terms of uh, flexion, which was I went from starting out at 97 to 124 in basically 10 days, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. But everyone's different, and there are different challenges. And darn it, that's right on target. I mean, you, you actually are on the higher end, I think, of of degrees per day if you did the math. Uh, I mean, a, two degrees is a great day. You were really more like three in the end. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, and obviously you put a lot of time into it. Uh, why why did it work? Do you think? Uh, I think it worked because it it gave my muscles a chance to uh, relax a little bit between increases in flexion as opposed Mm -hmm. to obviously what an MUA is doing it all at once. I mean, it really, 
as Tricia says, it really worked like a slow motion MUA and uh, just broke through the, uh, uh, the scar tissue pretty effectively. Yeah. Cause that, you know, you were at week seven, week eight, maybe approaching week nine and, and you're, you're, uh, you are in a window of where scar tissue can be the culprit early days it's something else, you know, and generally people aren't building scar tissue within a couple of weeks. They are pretty safe. But by that time, and I, I, I'm still thinking about that 110 regression down to 95. And, you know, yeah, wow, my, that's my, a... My doctor believed that the reason that I needed the MUA was because I had very fast growing scar tissue. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is, when I researched it, uh, you know, it's typically you have an MUA because of what they call stiff knee syndrome. And there's a, a whole bunch of characteristics that typify a stiff knee syndrome. And really, I didn't have any of the other characteristics. So I, I sort of questioned whether I really had fast growing scar tissue or something else was, was going on. So that sort of is one of the reasons, like I said, I... I was encouraged to uh, try the X10 and, and see if this would work to to break through the scar tissue because I, I didn't have all these other these characteristics that you're supposed to have. So I felt pretty positive about it. So it's been about a week since you've had the machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's actually, and how's uh, it's it's well this is uh, ten weeks ten weeks as of. Uh, uh, a couple of days ago, so it's ten weeks and a couple of days right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that happened to me is my uh, uh, my doctor sent me to a new physical therapist who is sort of a a fixer that he sent all of his problem cases to. And this physical therapist is uh, a lot more intense than the other physical therapist I have. And he's really working me hard. And what I discovered uh, uh, on the, uh, I think it's called a a total gym kind of machine, you know, where your body is elevated at an angle and your body weight. I think maybe it, this is at uh, setting a five, which puts your body weight at about um, 70, 85% of your body weight. And you just crunch down on your knees. And in doing, using the total gym, uh, we discovered, the physical therapist discovered that I could actually, uh, with my body pressure, I could go down to 130 degrees flexion. Wow. Wow. So, uh, you know, that, that, that told us that, and I and pretty much that's the limit of my, uh, implant. I sure. think it goes beyond 130 degrees. So that tells me that I had broken through the scar tissue and that the only thing left for me to do is get the muscles uh, working, muscles and, and ligaments, etc., working and adjusting to bending that much. So that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm working with him to uh, build up my muscles as well as uh, increase my flexion without pressure. Right. Uh, it's a little bit different to have that kind of flexion with pressure as opposed to what you 
would normally have when you're, you know, walking and doing things and climbing stairs and et cetera. So I'm hope, hope I don't think I, that's going to come as quickly as it did with the uh, X10, unfortunately. But uh, I think that's going to come in time. Takes time. Strengthening is is definitely a different animal. Um, you have a bunch of months still before Patagonia, I believe. When, when is that trip? November. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've got so time. Realist, realistically, I've, I've sort of, even though my uh, uh, physical therapist hasn't said anything from what I've, again, from what I've read, it sounds like uh, I should probably expect more to, to gain a degree or so of flexion uh, per month. If I do better than that, I'll be happy. Sure. Um, you know, I think I'm right now. I'm if I if somebody measured me without any kind of uh, outside pressure, I'm probably at uh, about 120. You know, in terms of mm-hmm. just bending my knee back. Sure. So I'm, I'm active. To, active flexion. Yeah. Yeah, active flexion. Wow. Um, this is really great. It's a, it's a, it's great to hear the logic behind what you did and how well it worked for you on the X10. And also, I mean, the, the battle is not done. You have strength to regain, and you want to be in top shape for that trip, obviously. So mm-hmm. the journey continues. I, I, it reminds me of um, we did a, a recovery with a patient almost a year ago now, uh, who was an NCAA uh, official, you know, uh, basketball official, and he did both knees at once. And being an athlete, you know, he got his range of motion relatively quickly with the X10. That was all great. But they really wouldn't let him run. They just worked on strengthening for 12 weeks. And after 12 weeks, they then let him run. And then he, you know, worked his way back to the courts. And now he's doing it being, you know, the first in the world ever to do two knees replaced and then get back to being a referee. But it was a strengthening exercise for you know a good four months of his recovery which is your future which is going to be building that muscle up so that your 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 debut on the courts is going to be back to patagonia in november and and that's that's when you're going to take advantage of both the strength and of course the bending so you've got more to do more work to do obviously because everybody loses strength it's normal it's 50 percent they say at about a month you know you've lost half your strength both left and right, both legs, you know, you've been immobile or, and you, you're obviously at 10 weeks now. So you're fixed the bending, thankfully, and avoided the manipulation. And now, now to the, to the strengthening part of it, I think. Yeah, I can do most anything that I need to do now. I mean, I can put on my shoes and socks and, and, you know, I can, I can drive and I have a, I have a car with a a clutch so I can drive now so that works great. I just, uh, I think the hardest thing I have at this point is I, if I go to an event where I have to sit or stand for a very long time, that's sort of problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, add to that, I have a little bit of uh, sciatica that's bothering me, and, and that uh, my physical therapist is working with me on that. Some of the exercises I'm doing for my knee also. Uh, are helping the sciatica. What did your surgeon say when you avoided the manipulation? Was there any reaction? I have not actually talked to him. Mm. Uh, I've only 
uh, you know, it's been through the physical therapist. When I went back I to the phys- physical therapist, they were uh, the, the, the week afterwards, uh, essentially before we officially canceled the, uh, uh, the MUA, he was talking to the physical therapist and the physical therapist was reporting the facts as to what my flexion was and how much I had improved one day and then I, I think I went to see the physical therapist three days uh, straight that week and ultimately of course you know realistically it's my decision not my doctor's decision but uh, the doctor after he saw the results was was fine you know he was convinced that I really didn't need to do this and and he's not somebody that really wants to do MUAs uh, to start with. Uh, he rarely does them, but he felt like uh, it, initially this was a case where it needed to be done. I'm scheduled to see him uh, in a week and a half, and I'll, I'll get more feedback from him at that point about the machine. Initially, he Great. said, if you want to use the machine, that's up to you. Uh, he wasn't familiar with it, uh, but he is now. That's the story of our life right now, but that is changing. I'm, I'm getting indications that there's a lot of chatter in the clinical community. Uh, a lot, you know, that's a relative word, but comparatively, people are starting to really pay attention, I think. Yeah, the um, physical therapist I went to uh, recently, the guy I'm seeing now, he was aware hmm. that it was out there. He uh, hmm. hadn't run into anybody that had used it before, but he was aware of it. Okay. And he That's thought it, he thought it was a great concept. And I talked to another friend who uh, who's a physical therapist who my wife has been seeing for 17 years, and and she really thought the whole concept made a lot of sense. And she's sort of been our go-to person for uh, uh, an unbiased, you know, opinion on everything that's been related to the knee surgery and recovery. Isn't that hard to find? You've got a valuable asset there, an unbiased opinion in this world. Yeah. Everyone's got a bias, of course. That's and a good a rare. Yeah. That's good. That's wonderful. Well, is there anything else that we missed? Anything that you want to relate about this whole experience from start to finish? You, you've been through it. Um, well, I would, I would just say that uh, anybody that's going to go through this has to have a lot of patience and persistence and just you know set up some goals and and stick to it and uh, certainly I'd encourage people to do a lot of research on your own and don't simply rely on what your doctor tells you you know get a second opinion before surgery and uh, as I said you know avoid steroid uh, injections for sure and uh, uh, the other thing I would add, and I've, I've been through uh, some other surgeries, and I've had surgeries. You know, my my son had some uh, very uh, significant surgeries, and the one thing I learned with him is you really have to have somebody who's going to act as your advocate uh, when you're going through surgery or you're dealing with the medical community. Uh, you can't just do it all by yourself, and that usually that person is, you know, your spouse or 
uh, a helpmate, and that you got to rely on that person too to help you recover. I'm not sure how people would do this if they were, you know, uh, weren't in a relationship or didn't have someone to help them. But uh, you really have to rely on somebody a lot, and that puts a lot of strain on the relationship. So you just have to recognize that and take that into account. You're vulnerable for a while because of the surgery. So you're right. You really need a, someone to look out for you. Especially that first week after surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, the insight here is profound. The, the thinking, uh, your comments that I'm going to include when we publish this, I'm going to include in the notes for this episode, the, the advice that you've got. Um, it's, it's great to hear, you know, you, explored all the options. I'm glad this was such a success for you. And, you know, I think the the next thing that I really want to see is a beautiful picture of you hiking in Patagonia, <laughs> which is a ways away. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but that's going to be a nice image, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you a photo. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Really appreciate it. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com. 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.